0: G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. with the AFL Fantasy podcast It doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the less knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host, Kays and Doss. How are you going boys? Going well mate. Yeah, that's bad. Not too bad. Case, how are you? I'm not sure I want Dos in the studio. Why I'm not, not used to this. Well, yeah, we finally got you in the room the for the contract, Same yeah, room, still well, no, out, but you know, like. Well, we've kind of confirmed. Unless you're like, if you're watching the stream and you're running really <laughs> fast from one side to the other, that you're not the same person. So um, it's kind of uh, good to know that uh, yeah, you actually both exist uh, in your own entirety. Are you sure so that's you're great. not just a bit grumpy because of this beautiful portrait that you can actually, see. Can, right can we swap it on? so I can look at Van Kiesel night and I can look at Shit that down. <laughs> as we walked in, uh, Dos gave uh, a Dow a bit of a smooch on the wall as he came in, right saying there. a bit of a tap there. So it's it pretty heavy. not COVID safe. Uh, for those who, are, <laughs> those who are listening and uh, not watching um, from uh, on the stream, uh, we've gotta kind of revamped the studio. We've put some uh, post- frame posters up, frame photographs up. So we've got uh, Patty Dow on the wall now. We've got great my, man. my boy, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, and the big bad Ben Keys uh, in the back corner behind Kay's. So yeah, a few people are watching and uh, yeah, people are enjoying those as well. But anyway, um, I guess we've had a pretty big week. Uh, we put out a, a big resource this week, didn't we? Well, well you right. did. I did and you, and, you,
1: and you put your face front and centre on it just yeah. to make sure everyone knew that as yeah. well the thing is like <laughs> you
0: can't you can't put like you can't put your own like you can't put just a spreadsheet as the cover photo you need something yeah. in there so I just maybe I like think? a football player or something like that <laughs> nah. the guy that made it you know the guy responsible for this great fancy resource yeah. that's the one front and centre that's the one so that's what's in there and uh, anyway it's not important because there's no picture of me in the spreadsheet <laughs> alright there's just uh, stats and data um, basically oh, just get on the website and have a look at it there's so much stuff in there there's points per minute player around great spready. Player ages, so you can check out for your keeper leagues when what they're what the worth drafting. Uh, season splits, um, points per minute numbers, kick-in numbers, CBA numbers for every player. All in one spot, so you can just access it. Do your rankings in there, um, and you'll dominate your draft for sure. So definitely check that out. I liked Available to gold and silver members. Oh, yes, sure put that yes. in. I,
1: I always like putting... You know, sorting the graphs and giving them a little color grade too. Have yes, you do, you do that with your little graphs on your own? when you in your spreadsheets when you're all by yourself with your spreadsheet. You and your spreadsheet. Just no,
0: no, I don't spend that much time on the spreadsheets. To be honest, like I don't do a lot of like ranking outside of pod stuff. Like I don't really get a lot of time to do it. But I will this year. I'm going to have a big crack, and I'm definitely going to use that spreadsheet to kind of get my rank sorted. So yeah, it's going to work pretty well. I don't know about the color coding, dossier I'm not that fancy, but no I'll
1: that's just... nice. You get to see which one's
0: red and <laughs> green, and it's beautiful. <laughs> all right, a few. I had a few colors, and just to make you happy. Alright um, Another piece of big news During the week boys I used my Mile 4.0 So I don't know If you actually Want to hear about this But I was genuinely Impressed with this thing K's <laughs> looking a bit sus But Jesus, it's a close shave Like It's the closest you'll get I reckon without a razor I think And uh, real gentle Around the nipples too So <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, for for so those who need to right? shave their
0: chest uh, Did not take the ends off So that's good uh, They're still there Still intact So that's good And also oh, I worked out what the ball toner Is actually for It's essentially Right It's aftershave for your balls So like You know how you let your razor burn And stuff from shaving so the, the ball toner does the same thing for your balls. So what do you reckon, guys? <laughs> I, well, I haven't quite explored it. I got the uh, weed whacker out on during the week, yeah. and that was quite quite good. Actually, yeah, I was use breathing mine a too. lot better yeah, after. Yeah, I that. use mine too. I reckon like, you reckon you can just take in more oxygen mm. after you use it. Yeah, I'm so. definitely going to need that for the big Nossies.
1: Uh Big <laughs> Dossies Nossies. Uh He'll need the he'll need the weed whacker ASAP. Yeah. That's
0: right, mate. There's uh, on the table behind you. There's a few Manscaped t-shirts there for you as well. Very I've good. got mine on tonight, but uh, forgot to give that to you last week, guys. But uh, there's a Manscape t-shirt there. But uh, yeah, support for the League podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, They recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. We all got sent one of those and they're absolutely fantastic. So join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. Uh, You get 20% off and free shipping worldwide uh, with the code Keeper20 at manscaped.com. So that's about 8 million balls out there using Manscaped. <laughs> uh, so make sure you're part of the Manscaped revolution, I guess. Uh, anyway, have we had enough talking about balls, guys? Or you want anything else you want to add about that? You, you seem to be incredibly comfortable talking about balls. Oh, I'm, we've all got them. Well, all blokes got them. Half the people in the world have got them. Like it's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. To be honest, man, I, um, <laughs> I've just had a kid. So my like personal grooming isn't fully really up to its normal standards. So um, once we get back into, you know, working life, I might, uh, might take it up. Take it uh, tot- for test drive. <laughs> totally understand that, mate. But you can use it on your face too. It's just uh, depends. Nah, we won't go there. Anyway, uh, if you want to get involved, there's a link in description to uh, the Manscaped website. Uh, the code's there as well. So check that out. All right, I'm sick of talking about balls. It's Get First up, lads, it is Port Adelaide. Uh, apologies if I ramble for a good 45 minutes just on this one team. the show doc's oh, yeah, like 12 no. pages long no. and there's oh, geez. Eight, eight, eight of them are Port. You need some, you need some new material, mate. Uh, every year. lying. There's like 30 dot points <laughs> yeah. for each player. <laughs> Do you know what I did this time around? Instead of doing my dot points before writing the article, I wrote the article and put it through a dot point converter into the show doc. How's that for time efficiency? So that's why there's so many show, uh dot points, I didn't actually write on them. Anyway, this is usually the point where I have a bit of a nap, Dossie, so... Um, yeah, I might join you on that okay. one, Oh, okay. you haven't made that joke before either. All right, let's get started. All right, first player I'm going to talk about is Zach Butters. So surely it's breakout time for Zach Butters. It's his, uh, his, Sorry, in his third year of football last year, he regressed slightly on his 2020 average of 77.8, um, which was a BCV score, obviously, um, but he finished the year uh, last year with an average of 76.2. However... There are a couple of factors that contributed to this average, okay? So, he began the year in the midfield mix for Port Adelaide, averaging 21% of the center bounce attendances, uh, and scored 79, 119, and 58 AFL fantasy points. Now, round four was the biggie, because this was the first time he was basically used at every center bounce, okay? He was having an absolute blinder um, before suffering an Achilles injury halfway through the match. He left the field after 83 points, uh, sorry, at halftime, after scoring 83 points, scoring at a points-per-minute rate of 1%. Point two two. So if we apply this points per minute stat to his average time on ground for the rounds prior, okay? From the (laughs) rounds prior. What is this? He would have scored 116 points in that game, okay? Which means he would have been on an average of 93 heading into round five. Okay. So he could have very well gone for this for the rest of the season, all right? But unfortunately. He missed the next three months of football, okay? (laughs) It's just like Doss saying Paddy Dow would have been amazing if he was good at football. He was on 86 when he got (laughs) injured. Even if, like, I don't use that, he's still averaging 80 at this point. He's still quite good. I do remember
1: that game, though, that you're talking about, that one game, because he was in my team in pretty much every format. And And how good was it? it was amazing yeah. that half time yeah to to go down at half time when it was seemed like the moment that he was this was like up, his breakout right yeah. there in this he moment. Had, yeah like you're yeah. saying he literally was at every center bounce essentially yeah. which is not what he'd been doing the previous rounds as well correct
0: Correct. Um, so anyway, he only returned in round 17 and he was only used at 18% of the CBAs for the remainder of the season with some low time on ground in those games as well, just easing back into it. Um, he finished off the season playing eight out of the last 10 games, but only averaged 69.8 throughout this period, um, despite putting up a couple decent scores in the nineties. So obviously the time off with injuries that kind of affected him a bit and he just couldn't return to the midfield in the same capacity before and obviously score the fantasy points before getting injured. Um, By reports, though, he's been training with the midfield again in 2022 this preseason. He's back to full uh, fitness, Um, has the potential to be a premium forward in 2022 given his likely role in the midfield, and he's listed as a forward. The issue is he'll lose forward status, so factor this into your equations when you're drafting him, but I reckon it's time for Zach Byers. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, I'm on on board. I I don't know how big
1: the breakout's going to be but yeah I can see it happening especially if like we're suggesting that the midfield comes it's pretty pretty obvious especially just given I know it's such a small sample size but you know the game that we did see was super impressive when he went in there Um, he's been talked up to go in there and with Ford status this year, especially, it's going to be juicy. Is it he who's got the big pipes
0: this pre-season too? Oh, there's a lot of big pipes out there. But I think it was. not thought. I think it was. Didn't Rosie Wasn't have some it? decent pipes? It was pipes Rosie. In yeah, yeah, Rosie has some Rosie's decent got pipes. Rosie's monumental pictures. pipes. Yeah, right. Dossie loves his pipe. Pipe watch. Um, I should get the hashtag going. Actually. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> Anything more to add? It's pretty is obvious, isn't it? one, isn't is it? Is he 2 G for Pete? Like, I know he's not technically, but yeah, like, nobody, no yet. one's trading him no one's delisting yeah, him no right. one's it's more know, for like, people it's more yeah. for people okay We're talking startups more people that's starting up yeah so mm-hmm. it's like do you draft him as a forward or do you hold on do you think like do you think he's going to be a premium midfielder next year because he's going to lose his forward status most likely it's the kind of you got to think about where you're actually going to be drafting and that's the sort of reasoning why we have him in there to think about it i reckon if you are drafting for the future you are probably dropping him back a little bit because you're taking him as what uh, what do you reckon he averages in the midfielder this year
1: I think he can go 90+. plus. Yeah. I just don't know how high.
0: Yeah. So, that puts him in the M5 kind of range. In the Schoenberg Schoenberg range. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, in that kind of range. So, it does drop him down the rankings a little bit. But if you kind of want to have a crack straight up, you definitely jump on him this year. Let's move on. There's too much time about Zach Butters. He's a pretty obvious one. This one's kind of obvious as well. But this is kind of Rosie we're talking about. So, we've been waiting for Rosie to break out for some time now. And I guess we're wondering if 2022 is finally the year. Um, After being drafted at pick five in 2018, burst onto the scene in his first year of footy, debuted round one, played all 22 games that year. Uh, The live wire forward averaged 72.6 in his first season, which included two 100-plus scores and three other scores in the 90s. Uh, He looked like he had the youngster... Uh, sorry, sorry. He looked like he had the world at his feet, and uh, some members of the media, very, very important members, incredible members, such as Kane Corns, said he would have gone ahead uh, of Sam Wall, which is pick number one in the draft. So that's how bigger raps he had after his first season. But things haven't gone to plan since then. Um, he was hampered by a foot niggle uh, for the best part of the next two seasons. Um, he played thirty three out of forty games still, but we probably have seen his pre- progression stunted a little bit. Um, so after 2019, um, he looked like a sure thing in the midfield because he's got such good awareness and ball use, but we haven't really seen him used in the midfield uh, yet, which has been a bit uh, bit of a concern. So last year, he was only used at 11.3% of center bounces for Port, um, which has him which was the 11th ranked player at Port Adelaide. So that's how low down he was. But again, he's another one that's been reported to be training with the midfield all preseason. And if that's the case, we should see a um, scoring bump. Again, he's listed as a forward. So this is probably the transition year that you want to own him in. The issue is, I think, think he's still too valuable for port up forward considering is injured robbie gray is getting pretty old so i think it might not be as much of a breakout as some people are expecting but i think the positive in that is going to keep forward status at the end of that what do you think case someone's got to kick goals yeah, yeah. um so True is it him you know like i think it is yeah, yeah. so it's almost like um i don't know you know, like someone like an Isaac Heaney or something like that who, I a not know, Heaney has also had some injury issues, but like he's a guy who has had to play forward because they need that kind of a player up forward or, you know, like yeah. when Sydney had Mills back or, you know, there's a, there's always examples of potentially good quality players who have had to bide their time a bit longer than normal um, up forward or up back purely because the team needs them there. Yeah. Um, no, I man. kind of feel that Rosie's stuck in that in that little zone at the moment um, and potentially he needs, um, you know, Boke or... Boak to kind of go so that there's that proper genuine midfield spot yeah. vacant. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know if he needs
1: to wait for Boak. I'm just like looking at their top centre bounce guys. And if he's fit and firing, is he bringing more to that midfield than like a Willem Drew or a, a Robbie Gray now? We're talking about Robbie Gray ageing. Does he yeah. move forward more this year? Does Amon just play a bit more out? I think that there's a spot for both Butters and Rosie this year. I actually... I'm pretty high on him actually taking a big bump if if all reports are correct and he has had a yeah, you yeah. know he he has an injury interrupted uninterrupted pre Yeah, I'm not
0: concerned about butters. It's more so just, do Port need someone like Rosie up forward to kick goals? That's all, that's all it comes down to. I don't
1: know if they do. Don't they? They have enough big guys up there. I reckon there's a few young forwards coming through as well that could potentially the, the do the role. The thing
0: with Port, yeah, the, the thing with Port is they rely on bringing the ball to ground and either locking it in or jumping on, the, uh, jumping on the contested footy and then going from there. So it's like, and like working around the stoppages. So yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah, smaller kind of guys. So, um, you know, listed just as fours from Port. You know, Butters, Gray, getting on. Dixon's injured. Who knows where Power Pepper's at. um, Motlop's almost done. Yep. Fantasia's injured. You know, then you've got Schofield, McEntee, you yeah, know, all the, these the untried guys. Kane yeah. Yeah. Farrell, right. who is probably the next Don one Williams, in line. The smallest tank I've ever seen on any AFL right. player ever.
1: But yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I just want to come back to those. is, I reckon you were there as well. And this was when Rosie was touted to have a monster breakout season preseason game I reckon that's where one of the first times I'd come and met you with like Louis and those guys yeah 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 Rosie was in the midfield the whole time and we were like this guy's gonna win the Brownlow he's that impactful when he's in there and he's fit and firing playing against his own team though well, I'm just saying though he was yeah, he was like the he was best good. on the ground. He was good. And it's like that's his upside and I still see that in him. It's not like it's gone away. He's just been injured and forced to play forward when he's unhealthy.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just I think he's just been too valuable as a forward. That's my personal opinion. I still think he has stints in the midfield, don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's a full-time midfield. I think it's a pretty even split between the two and just might not reach the heights that I'm some interested people expect this, year, this yeah. year
1: where how the split goes and and it will probably increase as like you guys said the aging midfield gets older.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. Alright, we'll move on Spending too much time On Port players As per usual uh, Xavier Dersma So he's my next one Pretty obvious ones These three So these were the three That were taken in the draft I guess uh, four years ago now But uh, yeah same Desmar was taken the same draft As those two Still hasn't broken out So there's three players That haven't broken out From this year In the Super Draft So that's a bit concerning For Port Adelaide But look Desmar was quiet In round one last year Scoring 53 against North Melbourne But then went on a decent run Averaging 92 um, From his next three games Then he was another one Who injured his game, uh, knee In that same game As uh, Butters in round four and missed the next three months worth of football. So he returned uh, to footy in round 19 and played every game for the remainder of the year. um But yeah, he was quiet just coming back from the serious injury. I guess um did put up a good performance in the qualifying final versus Geelong, where he notched up 11 kicks, 13 handballs, seven marks, four tackles for 97 fantasy points, and that was his best score of the year. He averaged uh, 72.1 points for the year. But if he didn't get injured and miss so much, like he was averaging big in the first four rounds or apart from the you know the first week he went down, but he was in the 80s in the first four rounds. Um, I think he could have gone around the 80 to 85 mark if that injury didn't keep him out for three months. Um, and I think he can go around the 80 to 85 level in 2022. The issue with like, he's an outside player and I think they just have like, lower fantasy numbers because they don't have the contested game that some of the better midfielders do and you can't go inside and outside and get stats from both ways but I think the ceiling for Dersma is around a 90 average in a couple years time um, once he develops a little bit further this would make him a pretty suitable M5 M6 around that range but yeah might take another couple years to get there but I don't mind Dersma what do you think Dossie? Yeah I really like him I'm just concerned with the amount of
1: soft tissues we've seen at such a young age but yeah, yeah. yeah when he's fit, when he's fitting out in the park he's, he's awesome he's uh, yeah. one of these guys that can just you know, build a score with his marking and kicking just constantly out on that wing. Yeah. I think the emergence of a guy like Bergman, for instance, and the fact they've still got aim on, it's like, where do you play all these guys? And I think there's talk of even Bergman, maybe even himself going a bit more inside to open up because Desmond's just too good on the outside. But yeah, I think you're right. That sort of range is pretty good. Just, Hopefully, he doesn't get into this year.
0: It's unlike Port to have too many of the same type of players in one side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, he's just another one there. So, Derzma is another one we think is going to break out. Now, we're getting probably to the less obvious ones. Um, Willem Drew is the next one. So, many people are super high on Willem Drew this year, but I'm not 100% sold. So, in 2022, he had his best season in terms of fitness, playing all 22 regular season games. I think he also had his best average as well. But he also played finals um, for Port Adelaide as well, and he didn't play since 2019. So, it's a pretty good return for someone who was out for so long Um, his style of play as a midfielder he's quite contested um, often goes head to head with some of the best players in the comp in a bid to shut them down or just make them accountable at the very least Um, as a result he ranked second across the the competition for tackles and fifth for tackles per game Um, this contributed to his average of 75.5 but The stat that stands out for Willem Dury is his last five-game average. So, he averaged 80 to finish off the season. This was boosted by a score of 101 against the Crows, which was a low-scoring, dour, and wet affair, which just played perfectly to his style. So, big score there that kind of boosted him up. And, yeah, I think that 80 average would look really good if he was a younger player, but he's a player... Like, in, like if, for a guy that was still developing, I guess, but he's been in the system six years as well. I know he hasn't played a lot of footy due to injuries, but he is a bit of a more senior player when you compare him to some other youngsters in the competition you've played around a similar amount of games. Um, also, if you add in his finals campaign, that last five average turns into a 71.8. So... He seems to have his contested style down pat, but I'm just not sure where he boosts his scoring in his game from there. Um, he's not a big possession getter, doesn't really have an outside game. Like, for those reasons, I'm just not as hot on Willem Drew as many other coaches are. Um, I do think around that, like an average around the 80 is possible, but midfielders, the average 80, are just so easy to come by in drafts. So... I oh, know. All I'm saying is just don't get too hyped up on Willem Drew. Don't think he's going to be a breakout or anything like that. I think he's kind of at his ceiling already. Um, and don't go too early on him, I think. What do you reckon, Kase? It's a bit of a stopgap last year. Yeah. Like he played a ro- he. He's a bit of a role player in there. Yeah. Um, that's my kind of gut take. If you If they ever actually do want to inject some of these youngsters in there, he's probably one who is one who makes way. The tough thing is he's also the guy who probably does the – unrewarded shit like yeah, do the blocks laser tackles and you kind of need someone to do that whereas you know you want your Rosies, your Mars etc to be the ones who are you know flary ball winners um, mm-hmm. you know if you look at the more Bulldogs midfield or, or even the, the D's midfield the two grand finalists from last year you know Libbert always is the one who's doing the, yeah. the unsexy yeah. stuff for yeah, you know Jack Viney so there's always someone like that in that um, midfield mix so there's always there's always a bit of safety in drafting that you know that he's always going to be maybe you know mid cover maybe or yeah, a, yeah. an M seven or something like that, um, but I do kind of tend to agree with you that it might be you know he might have reached his kind of potential in terms of scoring. I suppose the only guy who I have got um, potentially stealing that spot is someone like a Sam Pepper if he can actually yeah. get his shit together. Yeah, I don't really see that happening, to be honest. And when he does come in, he's been playing more forward as well. And he's been actually quite effective in that role. So, I'm not sure if he does steal that midfield time. Um, you got any any opinions on him, Dos? I think it does, does
1: just depend on if, you know, what we're talking about, whether they're going to sacrifice... A guy like Drew's midfield time or they're just going to start moving, you know, Gray up forward and yeah. poke a little bit more on the outside. Because if they are serious about increasing their rotations, bringing in Butters, Rosie, whoever else, if, you know, Bergman, if they're going to actually run through there. Yeah. Then, yeah, like somebody's got to give. And if, if it's Drew, then, yeah,
0: there's no point even thinking about him as an option at all yeah alright we'll move on to the next player you mentioned it before Dossie that's Miles Bergman um, Ooh, yeah. sucks this guy lost DPP status this year um, in 2021 he was a mid forward so pretty handy swingman for the coaches that drafted him out there um, he was drafted with pick 14 in 2019 didn't play a game in 2020 in his first season but he debuted in round one last year playing across the half back line for Port Adelaide um, started a little slow you know just guess it's to be expected by a player just easing into his first year of senior level um, but as the season progressed he eventually found a home on the wing and put up some reasonable scores from time to time. Um, He averaged 64.4 for the season, which looks low, but if you look at his late season numbers, you'll find some value here. He averaged 71.6 from his last five regular season games and 79.7 from his last three. Uh, He also averaged uh, 73 from his two finals games in 2022. So, these numbers would look great if he was still listed as a mid or a defender, but he's unfortunately still, he's a midfielder only due to all the time he spent on the wing. Now, I watched this wing rotation really closely this year and it was so weird it was like it wasn't weird it was like Carl Amon would go start on the wing go into the guts then Bergman would come up and then it was basically essentially Dersma and Bergman playing and then when one of them go off they'd swap back on the wings it was like a wing rotation Mm. but they'd rest on the wings or Carl Amon would rest on the wing it was kind of a bit weird Um, so yeah I'm not really sure how this affects him because I think Port can play three wingers because they roll Carl Amon through the middle so I think they kind of still can kind of play all three of those guys on the side. Um, depends who else comes into the side as well because, yeah, most of the time you're finding Dersma and Bergman um, lining up on the wings. You were saying that he might go inside a little bit, but... Well, there's I, talk of him yeah. going inside. Now, I think he's also just coming off in off-season.
1: He, had he a did sh- have yeah, he surgery. Had a minor shoulder. Yeah, that's right. coming off as major or minor, but yeah. he's, he's apparently training, I think, back at training now, yeah. which is great news, but I'm, I think... You know, turn the cameras on. Where's the camera? I think Miles Bergman is the most underrated young star in the competition.
0: Oh, another one of Dossie's big calls. Just I like, think uh, he's...
1: The season that he just had and how composed that he is with the football, you know, at what, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. I'm not surprised that they're talking about getting him involved on the inside because... This guy's a star, I think. And and I think, um, especially given the names that they've got at Port, he goes under the radar. And last year, that was a really exceptional season for someone that you know hadn't played at AFL level before. And I reckon it was incredibly underrated.
0: Yeah. I'm at the point, actually, with my keepers. Do I keep someone like Miles Bergman or Nick Blakey in my side? It's really tough to actually kind of narrow it down to those last two. Bergman. Yeah. I oh, don't know. Without the DPP yeah I don't know Nick Blakey we'll talk about next week but geez, talk about a, no tank he had an impressive well, I don't know he did a bit a gun running uh, he had an impressive end of last season but we'll talk about that uh, next week when we talk about Sydney but uh, anyway we'll move on from this one I think Miles Bergman though I wouldn't be surprised if he does get DPP at some stage in his career again because he's just such a versatile player that you can play him in so many different roles so that's what I like about him but yeah I don't know i see seen him stuck as a midfielder for a Actually, bit I did a short list of, of guys on my bus yeah I think
1: <laughs> you guys were talking about like you know how many we get and I think I I managed to narrow it down to about 50 Um, (laughs) no but I think (laughs) I think not not including guys that are now considered 2G for P Mm -hmm. I think Bergman cracks my top 5
0: Okay. So, right. I yeah, love be cool. Miles Bergman. There I can't have Bergman on my bus even though he's on my team. So no, he's right. mine. That's fine. You claim it. I'm not a big bus man anyway. I'm more of like a station wagon. I'll just have four people in there. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll drive behind the bus and be less rowdy. Dossie's <laughs> <laughs> coach, my mini bus and have seen you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, <laughs> yeah. We'll, crank, we'll crank indie tunes and uh, yeah, just kind of stay away from the riffraff. Anyway, uh, Trent DeMont's last player I want to talk about. Uh, 2021 was a pretty tough year for DeMont. Um, after back-to-back calf injury at the start of the year. He missed the first two months of the season, um, only fronting up for his first game of the year in round nine. He played every game for the rest of the season though, but obviously just wasn't up to his usual standard after missing so much footy. Um, From rounds uh, 14, sorry, from 14 games, he averaged 70.3 points with only 100 plus score and three other scores above 80. Um, This was his worst return in fantasy since his first year of footy in 2015. And to add insult to injury, he was delisted by North Melbourne at the end of the season or in the off season last year so this is our we're talking our friend of the show guy on the show last year Froggy. Trent DeMont. when's he coming back on the show no good we'll, we'll have to talk about wait that wait for guests Dossie's yeah, yeah. come on board and oh, no one wants to come on oh, no it's been hard there because may be like, a reason for that yeah, yeah I know been, last year It's been hard Because like we right? haven't all been in the room Like we've got some Crows guests line up But K's wasn't here for so long Didn't make sense to not do them On the Crows podcast So just stay tuned It's We'll see how we right, go There's going to be fortunate. some good content we'll Coming up see, between yeah. the, uh, in the In the pre-Amy series filler with yeah. Gold so, Coast right, guests see. coming on Maybe We'll have to wait and see uh, But we'll just have to wait and see But anyway um, Let's rewind a few years Alright So DeMont was looking like Becoming a fantasy superstar At the end of 2018 um, He completed his fourth year of football Putting up some monster scores um, His average from his last five games Now you it was 104 which included a monster score in 139 in round 23 to bring home the flag for many many fantasy coaches out there i had him in a league as well and i think i had seb ross captain that week but um i wish i had demont captain that week because it would have gone even bigger um 2019 2019 ended up being a transition year for Demont. When he was putting up those big numbers in 2018, he was playing a lot of inside. He moved onto the outside, onto a winger, and kind of found a home there. Um, wasn't He said on the podcast last year, it wasn't his suited you know usual game, but he adapted to it quite well and felt like he could run all day on that wing. So he was pretty happy with that. The fantasy trajectory didn't continue, but uh, he did manage to average 88.1 that following year playing on the wing, and then that's a 98 BCV. Um, So yeah, despite moving to that wing, it didn't really hinder him too much. Fast forward to today, uh, Trent DeMont finds himself at Port Adelaide, but whispers from our sources, Kays might have spent a bit of time with an ex-player who's a current coach at Port Adelaide in the off-season, telling us that he's probably only a backup option at this stage. But I'm holding on to hope for Trent Dumont for a few reasons, all right? So, firstly, Port Adelaide does have a bit of a lack of midfield depth when it ter- in terms of experience, okay? So, we were pretty exposed in the preliminary final. Um, we just could not do anything about the Bulldogs midfield because you know our younger players could go in there. I think Robbie Gray was our number one attended uh, midfielder in there because he was the only one who probably could, you know, show the experience to go with these players. We kind of backed away from the kids and things like that. So, I've got a little bit of hope there. Um, I think they also showed... That, yeah, so that also showed that Boke and Wines just couldn't, like, perform. We couldn't perform if they guys weren't at the top of the game or those guys were taken out of the game. We were basically screwed. Um, I think the uh, experience of DeMont does come into play here. Um I think if we're planning to play some unproven midfielders like Butters and Rosie that guys that haven't really played through there a lot um, if this fails to deliver I think that's when we see DeMont start to feature after that so maybe not early in the season but I think if the youngsters don't shine he comes in after that um, there's also a few injury concerns to Port Adelaide are factors so Willem Durie Zach Butters um, kind of Rosie they don't have the best track record with injuries so if any of those guys fall I reckon he's the first one in Travis Boke's also 34 this year that body's not going to hold up forever so it might take a few dominoes to fall but I reckon there could be a place for DeMont in 2022. Um, And if he does, he could make a decent option later in the season as like a waiver pickup or something like that. But as an owner right now, I'm probably not keeping him, but He's a player I'm looking to redraft to the right price. Right. Dossy, you're looking at me a bit shifty. Oh What's no, a- I was just—I'm
1: glad you got through all 30 of those dot points on all that right. one uh, there
0: for, for Trent Dumont. Probably goes undrafted. Uh, <laughs> probably longer comes than the Trent as a Dumont interview probably last goes year. in as a COVID
1: <laughs> replacement. Um, Actually, that's not
0: true because Trent Dumont spent an hour on the phone talking to us. So we had to cut that one
1: down. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, I'm sure he's a nice, great bloke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably just there for depth, but. Um, yeah, we've just talked about all the midfielders that they've got. You you make a case for why they need some experience in there and you know, if uh, you know, the thing that Ken Hinckley, you know, he he revived um Trent McKenzie's career for instance. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not putting it behind uh, past him to to be able to do that with with another player. You know, if he finds a role, that'd be great. I just you know, I wouldn't draft him or I'd just be watching him on the on the wire in case yeah. he does Get
0: a go. I'm in the same ilk there. Um, all right, note to self, let's uh, not just read your article uh, while for your podcast notes. Let's actually make them uh, smaller, shorter, sharper and shiny for future. But it's Port Adelaide so I can get away with talking and that's longer. Enough for tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, will see you yeah. next week. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, no, let's get on to Richmond. All right, moving on to the Tigers. Not the best year for them last year after coming off a pretty handy three and a bit years, four years. Uh, who's got Richmond, boys? Yep, that's that's me. Let's do it, Dusty. Talking some Richmond. and Yeah,
1: not the most fantasy-friendly team as we know, but what do you guys, before we get into it, K, just, mm. do you reckon in the next couple of years we're going to see not just a shifting of the guard in terms of players, which hopefully some of these players eventually become fantasy relevant. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to, ever change this game style that's obviously winning them flags has
0: won them flags in the past but not conducive to fantasy scores it's a great question Doss. i'm glad you asked and it's no surprise you asked me because you haven't read my dt talk article today where i actually go into all of this in detail i haven't no <laughs>
1: please explain <laughs> but uh
0: no i spoke about uh jack graham who you're not speaking about tonight because he's kind of too g4p yeah, but he just but snuck over the too good for the podcast yeah yes. it's um oh, i think they have to because you're looking at guys like, um, obviously, Hooley retired last year. You know, Rewalt's at the end. You'd think Cotchen's at the end. Edwards is at the end. You know, they're a core nucleus of what that team's been, or that they've made that team great over a long period of time. But there's no real natural replacements for some of these midfielders. Like, Dusty's 31, I think. Um, Meatball Presti is 30 this year. So, like, apart from that, apart from Shy Bolton and probably Jack Graham, there's no one... And Thompson Dow. Um, but he has yeah. unproven. I'm no. saying proven or or guys who've actually played, I should say. But um, I think they have to because they're going to have to change something up because they can't go playing that same structure because they've got all these new guys in there that potentially can't do it. I don't know. I just think, you know, depending on what they
1: go with the coaching going forward as well, but it seems like they're just drafting the same types to fit in. That they, they kind of draft to a system. They don't draft... Well, they do draft based on talent as well. But you know what I mean? They draft yeah. based on talent and to fit in their system. Yep. So, I'm like, if they keep drafting to fit in their system, we're probably just going to see the same system
0: that's not fantasy friendly. The thing with Richmond, like, apart from like Dusty, there's not a lot of- out-and-out out superstars in that team. That's how good that system is. Yeah. Like, if you take a lot of those players out and put them out of the team, they might not be as good without that type of system. So, I don't see them changing too much because they're such a system-reliant team. Under Hardwick, I tend to think they're going to go roll it again. But you can't say that the guys who have won flags aren't talented. They and are. the guys who are coming through as talented as those guys who are potentially like, generational in a when way. When you look at all Australians, Brownlow's, I guess you got Dusty, it's like... I don't know. They just don't seem like they are the most talented team in the competition, but they're just most well-drilled.
1: They are the most talented at the skill set that they need to play
0: that system which is yeah yeah. okay they're talented at playing, being Richmond fantasy <laughs> fantasy wise <laughs> though fantasy wise though Jaden Short was their leading scorer for 93.4 well, fantasy- yep. so so let's get into scary. some
1: great fantasy scorers for this season but no we'll have a look at six players and, and I'm going to be talking firstly about Daniel Rioli who is pretty exciting from a cap League perspective because he's got that forward status this year he's a forward defender which is you know pretty Love that. rare and beautiful Love that. so obviously going to be playing him forward this year but it's the switch to defence that's actually good for our on-field scoring. So, playing as that forward and wingman across his entire career, basically. He's now 24, and he managed to sneak into a backline role in that later part of the season when Richmond were kind of struggling to find form, trying to find, you know, a new identity. And he managed to find a slot in the backline, and he averaged 78 fantasy points in his final five games of the season, including 80 in his last three, so slightly bumping up. I think where the upside is as well is he's got a little bit more upside in that kick in department. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that takes them, but over the last couple of games, he did take a couple of kick ins. Now, the the percentages are kind of skewed. I think it's like, you know, 20% of the kick ins. It was basically like one or two kick ins. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a huge amount, but I think he will sneak a couple of plus threes cheekily as well, which, you know, could see him average in that. 75 to 80 I probably see him as like a 75 to 80 but the fact that that was his first time playing in that role obviously coming up from the VFL and playing that a little bit as well I don't know he's a a really tempting option especially with that forward status and now the retirement of Basha Hooli as well there's that extra little bit of juice there either of Mm -hmm. you guys both keen on Rioli this season I think it's kind of like he's just got 20 points upside basically
0: yeah absolutely like given that four status um the end of the last year last year was the promising kind of factor in that um yeah like I don't see him being like a huge average type player but Mm, I can see him being like a really handy well sorry he'll score like a d5 like a d5 which probably makes him an f4 you know what I mean Mm. so that's the way I see it and I've got him in one league and He he was actually steak knives in a deal I did, and I had no like intention of keeping him. But now I'm actually going to end up keeping him because yeah, that F stand that four status is just so handy. The issue I have with someone like Rioli is you banged on about Richmond's system and people fitting into that system. If you look back over the last kind of three or four years, Bashar Hurley's been the big point winner and the major ball use out of there. Jaden Shorts always been the two I see of that kind of role, right? So Bashar Hurley was smashing it. Now we've seen he. Leave Jaden Short jumped in that role, so we saw basically Jaden Short jump from a 73 average to a 93 average, mm. taking Hooli's role. If Rial is coming in and playing old Jaden Short's role, he's only going to be a 70 average. Defender On short though I see that like He was still developing In that time as well Whereas like Real has been around For a fair while So it's like Numbers don't lie He's 76 70 72 yeah But, how many seasons? but they, but like they coexisted. Seasons? You know last year Hooley played 12 games Still last
1: year yeah, they yeah, For, it for wasn't a out. bit
0: But I don't think That Real is ever going to be as good as oh, short no, sorry
1: no. sorry no no, no. Yeah, I'm, not saying that, I'm, I'm saying you know yeah i don't think it's I, gonna, I gonna think, be infl- uh,
0: yeah. i think 80s probably like the
1: higher
0: higher end of his output i'm saying i don't think short 70s were a direct result of hooli it's more that he was still developing young player coming through he's kind of broken out now and that's where it's Jayden at more short's so. 26 he's not that young what's that Jaden short's 26 oh, i feel like he's younger than that i oh, know but he, he didn't play like a lot early on did he i just yeah i'm i'm Keen to have a look at Raleigh, but I don't think I'm getting two K worth an eighty. I think I'm talking more 70, 75. Yeah, I'm, which yeah. is still fine for a forward this year. Yeah, that's a guy right. that's got. Yeah, that's a I think. Forward that's yeah. I'd think love a seventy-five.
1: That's yeah. probably where I. You that's know, where I'm at. Score and like I said, I think a lot of a lot of drafters will be switched on, but hopefully in your league they're not. You know, he's he's got that average of fifty-six sitting next to his name. You might be able to kind of you know if you slip slip him up your pre-ranks, you might be able to sneak him on draft night. All right, let's talk about Liam Baker, who. He's also uh, defender eligible, not the forward, but he's just a guy that I've kind of liked over the years. Um, just like the way he goes about it, and he's got that ratty mullet. He just gets around, but he—I actually kind of—I think I misidentified him as being observably thirsty. <laughs> um, probably not so much that, just really hard attacking at it, kind of like your uh, your Ned McHenry, the way you mm-hmm. like he he yep. goes about it at the crow's. He's, he's very similar in that. I think they. Who was that player that I wish I remembered? There was a player that he was going back and forth with last year and it was like a real head-to-head duel, him and Baker and someone else. I I can't remember. Anyway, it was was a great duel and they they were yapping back and forth. Um, But anyway, he started the season in his usual post in the back pocket, Um, changed roles several times last year, which is why I think he kind of didn't have that consistency in his scoring. But at the end of the year, he kind of played as that, um, he had a couple of games where he played as an inside midfielder, which that was obviously juicy, but kind of moved out of it and into a forward he ended line up role. Forward, yeah, yeah. So, so he played like every position basically. Yeah, where he plays this year is going to depend on how keen I am to draft him. Yeah. Um, but the fact he did get a run in the centre bounces at one stage looked really good. So, in his um top centre bounce attendance game, sixty-two percent. He had 33 disposals, three marks, six tackles, 118 AFL fantasy points. Could he be that guy? I probably don't think. He, I'm, I'm probably to, hoping. We've got to factor in that there was a
0: lot of injuries in that Tigers time. I know. Last and year. that's the
1: reason he got in. But yeah. he, the fact he did get in there, um, yeah. only a few games. Unfortunately, I think I he would be I feel, feel like forward. once they
0: kind of knew they are out of contention, they were just trying shit. Like, yeah. But what is he? What do you actually think Liam Baker is? Forward. like but like take away where he, what, what what club he plays at. Like if you if you could inject him into any club to play the role that he's born to play. You know the, what, what what do you reckon he is? The player that I think he is, and this is a
1: mild version, and you know, it could just be due to stature and like feisty kind of nature, but I see him as the ultralight version of like a Rory Laird. Because Rory Laird played those start of his seasons as a backman. You know, he he could find the pill kind of like we've seen you know Baker do over the years, not to the extent of Laird, obviously, but like I said, ultra light,
0: ultra light, and then ultra ultra light, and maybe. then
1: I just see I could see him as that midfielder, but I just think the Tigers game style, yeah, like we said, it. just doesn't allow it. So can't see it. Um, I probably see him more so playing forward, and you know that's why I'm kind of wary. But
0: yeah, I see, yeah. I'm the same. I've seen playing forward too. There's something about him, though. Oh, no. well, I know. We, do, we I need to see agree. Oracle's best 22. That's We'll see him in the best 22, now. right, yeah. I'll let you know the best 22. Where, where does, does he see? but where what, does he sit? I've actually got him on a half-back flank. Okay. okay. There we go. I like that. Right. So the back line for um, Richmond would be Grimes, Tarrant, Rioli, Baker, Bolter, and Short. Don't mind that. I thought he was going to read the whole thing out then. <laughs> <That's>
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of I'm kind of keen for him still. I, I still have faith, put it that way. All right, I'll move on to Nick Vloston, who- You know, we've talked about Rioli benefiting from the departure of Hooley. I think the guy that's going to absolutely explode this year, though. So, we're talking, you and I both are on the same page, Kaz. We probably think Rioli's going, you know, 70 to 80 and Mm -hmm. 80 being the very upper end. Mm -hmm. Vlosten, I think, is the guy that's going to take his game from being, you know, he's borderline 2 g for p right now. He's on that 76 kind of cusp. So, I think the roughly 2 g for p this year is around 79 to 80 kind of points. He's just below that. But with ten in 10 games without Hooley last year, they've lost an average 85 points. So, that's a plus 13 differential with him out of the side. But the big thing was it wasn't just Hooley out of the side. It was at around round 11. So, we're talking about the Richmond trying to find their identity. They kind of moved to a more kick-in um dynamic where it's like whoever's closest to the ball let's just get it in kind of thing and vlosten actually benefited massively so from round 11 that shift kind of occurred and vlosten started gaining a bump in his kicking usage and um you know there started being a little bit of red hair back there sort of (laughs) trying to get into the kicking involvement and yeah like he started getting around 40 percent. i think it was so i'll just look so from round one to ten Um, lost and played four games which isn't many but he took an average of four percent from of the kick-ins from round one to ten so four games four percent after that he took 44 percent of the kick-ins from round 11 Mm -hmm. so that's 40 percent up so and he averaged 89 fantasy points in that stretch so that's you know that's some pretty big upside and he also finished the year hot yeah 92 in his last five 101 in his last three um i just think he's the, probably the guy that we're looking at to take it up to premium level defender and you're gonna probably get him as a bargain he's not a sexy name or not people call. are gonna
0: like I wouldn't have even considered him like I didn't even notice yeah. his scoring until you pointed it out in the uh, rankings podcast mm. the other way and the more I look at it and then I've gone back and watched a few highlights and yeah I'm a bit I'm a bit hot on it Dossie uh, I think you're under something here yeah. and he's kind of in that prime age too. I think he's it's only 27. Like 27 yeah yeah so yeah but- Can a guy at twenty seven go from being what a seventy average every year? (laughs) Seventy average every year. You're the
1: one that talked about it, Basha Over these years, Mm -hmm. he's had that you know that dominant nature in the The back. The kicking numbers are the big ones. Yeah, and who can maintain them? them. Interesting.
0: I think Jack, they love Jaden Short kicking out, 44% they? from yeah, round 11 to the end of the season. Yeah. If they're trying to move the ball on quickly from defence, that might be the catalyst as to why they're just kind of kicking on whoever's closest. And if he's deep in defence, then you're probably going to get a few. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I, you know, I think my
1: defender rankings pod the mm-hmm. other week sort of highlighted. I'm pretty high on... You're very high. I'm keen to
0: draft him. Listen yeah. to that one. Check out the kicking numbers on the uh, Ultimate Ranking Spreadsheet as well. They're all in there, so That's you can, you can now, use those to
1: rank too. Let's talk about... The great man. Oh, did Thompson Dow the brother of the great one. (laughs) Patty. Um, Don't worry, there won't be a song about Thompson this year. We've already kind of snuck him into the last year's song. There is a we couple did. of Thompson he, down there. You have to listen very closely, but, but does, um, Thompson is mentioned. Much like Paddy, Thompson is a superstar of the competition, a future superstar of the competition. A weed. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear, he, he will be. Um, it's time for T-Dub's time to shine this year, 2022. So we've talked about their ageing midfield. Who's going to step up? Trent Cotran, 31. Dusty, 30. Prestia, 29. Shane Edwards actually had a big CBA, reasonable CBA usage last year. He's Mm -hmm. 33. They need some fresh meat at Punt Road and the man to do that is Thompson Dow. So he split his time between AFL and VFL last year and that's only his second year in the AFL. 21 disposals, three marks, three tackles. So a nice little spread in the VFL, but only 74 AFL fantasy points, but it's only his second year. So we'll cut him some slack. He did have some pretty good scores though in the twos. 112 and 92 were his best two. Um, At AFL level though, He's only got the 45 next to his name, okay? So, draft night, he's going very late. Nobody's going to be looking at Thompson Dow. He's only 20 years old. There's plenty of room in the midfield for him. Can actually win a contested pill. He had 10 in one of his games. I just think as a Smokey, especially as a stash option, as we're talking that it's only going to be a year or two before, you know, the wheels wheels kind of fall off and that turnover is going to happen. Yeah, And like... Kay, as you said, there's a few vying for those spots, and I'm going to talk about probably one more next. But Thompson's in the mix. And if he's in the mix and this year he's got forward status, could he third-year breakout? I know you're a big fan. I could am. he step up?
0: He's one that's kind of on my radar. Uh, not as like high, Not as high on my radar as your radar. <laughs> probably we've got different, different brands of radar. But um, uh, look, he's kind of a guy that um, – you know, in, in our home league, half, we do rookies and stuff like that. And yeah. if he was around that kind of, you know, where you even get an extra year out of him or even your last pick, because I reckon – I'm of a belief that I I think Geelong and Richmond, this is going to be a real crunch time year for both yeah. of those sides in terms of like they need to get wins early. Yeah. Otherwise, by around 12, by around 13, mm. we could see some real flips and some retirements and stuff like that. So, Those kind of youngsters at Geelong and Richmond, I reckon, are nice to have on your side, especially if you're not playing waivers and stuff like grab them late because they might be bust, but at the same time, they might be massive booms where they can, you know, they actually get a role and they can show their wares. So, you know, guys like Down, I I know a couple of other guys you've got in the dock, I reckon. I'm keen just to have a little bit of a nibble of them in some of my legs this year. Absolutely. If you've got those like rookie, I know a lot of leagues have those kind of rookie Mm -hmm. stashes or, you
1: know like rookie spots yeah, on the yeah, list we got, where we you can them. keep a couple of guys, the younger players. And, mm. you know, like you said, Geelong as well, but Richmond is one that, you know, yeah. I'd be stashing a, a couple if you can just yeah. to make sure you hit on one of them because these guys are going to be the midfield, the future of the midfield. It's just Big a matter time. of who. I'll talk about the next guy though, who I probably think is being the one to step up. So I did mention Thompson and it's good to mention him because he's got forward status. So, you know, if he does pop, he's probably the most valuable of this lot. Yep. But Jack Ross is the guy that I think is going to take that, next step this year and be the one that gets the role. So, I know Jack Graham um, is the guy that's 2G for P that could be the one as well, but he can also play that wing role. Jack Ross is the one that was kind of being nurtured at the end of the season to be the one and and by all reports having a cracking preseason as they all are at this time of year. But 21 years old, barely had a chance to get into that midfield due to the fact that, you know, winning three premierships basically since he's been drafted, they've won a couple Mm -hmm. as well. But he's a state league, a bit of a state league beast this year anyway, 116 points um, per game for the VFL Tigers, 27 disposals, nine marks, four tackles, only three games. But uh, that's, he can score using, you know, a multitude of ways. So we like seeing marks and tackles as part of your score as long as well as big disposal numbers. So he can do that. Played 11 games at senior level two last year. And he sort of began showing those good signs late. So, over his final three games 21 disposals 6 marks 2 tackles 79 fantasy points but I reckon the best indicator was when in the last round they just you know they threw out basically the next wave they they dropped all their guns there was no Dusty no Prestia no anyone basically Mm -hmm. okay and Ross went in and was the the highest centre-bounce attendee for that game, 79%. So, that's a juicy number. 24 disposals, 11 contested touches, 5 marks, 4 tackles, 93 fantasy points. So, if he goes in there, I know he was like a daily fantasy um stud yeah, for a couple of weeks him, there yeah. because, you know, you know that if he goes in there, he scores. I'm just hoping it's him and I think it will be him that goes in there this year.
0: Oh, God, this makes it hard. He's another one that I've got that I'm planning on dropping at the moment. But, yeah, I've been hearing those reports and it makes it uh – yeah, pretty, pretty hard. I don't know. Um, I just can't. I'm just going to bring it back to the Richmond game style. Like we just don't see midfielder score well in there. It all depends on whether we see a shift there, whether whether I he's in a pop he this can, year or not. He, I think he can score if he's in there, but the reason,
1: like you're saying, the reason he probably isn't in there is because he doesn't necessarily play that same style
0: that they're after. And even, but yeah, even if in like, but even if he's he does, in there, he'll score. If he, if, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like we only saw him really score when he was like given basically the number one role in round twenty three last year. That's the only time he's actually really like I know, and then I think his first few early games, which were like maybe three or four years ago, he showed, put up some decent numbers. I remember as well, nothing huge, but like seventies and eighties and things like yeah. that from like two games. Um, yeah, like he's always been a player that's kind of piqued my interest, but it's just oh, I just can't trust Richmond. That's my issue. It just comes back to that. I've been tipping yeah. a Ross breakout out for probably like two years yeah. now, and it's yeah. purely and it's purely just because um, opportunity. So yeah. almost like that Jack Graham thing. Jack Graham's been a real tease for two or three years because you know what he can do, just hasn't had the opportunity. So um, I'm keen. I always think of him. Do you guys think of him as like a smaller? I, I kind of yeah. thought he was like Smally, a naggy dude. He's like
1: hundred and eighty-seven centimeters. Yeah, like that's, six, that's
0: that's average these days for AFL player though, isn't it? Yeah, They're I all one hundred ninety-five. For some
1: reason, I thought he was like a flat 180 yeah, yeah, or yeah, he you know, yeah. one or something. He's you know six-one or is that it for Richmond Dossie? I had Sydney Stack as well, but I'm probably. I think I wrote about him and I'm like not that keen but yeah. there's that opportunity we're talking about you know um, he could either slot onto a wing or in the defensive line or so. he doesn't
0: play at all and goes missing is, he in, is he in the b 22 okay Kaze Sydney Stack he's in the emergencies I'll check yep yeah, he's emergency alright Yeah. cool alright let's wrap that one up Kaze let's move on to St Kilda the team that you had a look at this week when the sand-
1: <laughs> Should we mention RCD quickly right. Does anyone think RCD is going to be The one that stands up Riley Collier Dawkins Because he was my Special mention um,
0: There's a chance be. There's a chance He's
1: another one Of those yeah. stashes I think the other guys Are on top I just want to mention Because I know Some people would have Been keen to hear about him But right.
0: cool. okay. Honourable mention To RCD all right, let's move on to actual St. Kilda now. I'm not going to play the intro again. So Do it again. No, get into it. <laughs> um, I actually found a lot of guys and kind of find it hard who to speak about from St. Kilda. So, I've got a bit of a mix here. I'm going to kick off with uh, Jade Gresham. So, he just sneaks into pod contention. Uh, basically after an injury affected 17 points in his final game last year, round three, but um, he was absolutely firing before that. He had uh, 95 and 90, uh, sorry, 95 and 107 points in rounds one and two. And going at a serious clip, uh, the 95 um, came from only 67% time on ground and the 107 from only 75% time on ground. So uh, absolutely we started 2022 off flying before his uh, Achilles snapped, unfortunately. Um Sounds super painful. Very much so. Yes. Oh, yeah. But uh, look, his last proper season, uh, if you take away the the um, COVID affected 2020, in 2019, he averaged 83.4. Now, last year, he went into the season without any forward status. It was a mid only. So kind of dropped down a few people's rankings. However, the fantasy gods have given it back to Jade. And uh, I think it probably helps him because coming off an injury like the Achilles, um, he's probably going to have to spend some more time up forward. So... I'm kind of talking about Gresham more as a, because um, he's not probably going to be delisted by anyone in a keeper league because he's a good quality yeah, player. And he's if, this is where you're going to draft him. This is where you're going to draft him from a startup. So I'm thinking uh, because of the injury and because that the Saints midfield runs pretty deep, you know, Steele, Crouch, Jones, Ross, Then, if you want to go even deeper, like hannabury can play, Burns, Higgins, Bytel, Hunter Clark's coming back. They've got lots of options. So they can actually afford to have Gresham have a bit of a buffer season up forward. So... What I like about it is, got the forward status this year. And while I think he'll become a midfielder, I think he's probably got another extra year up his sleeve because of that major injury. Um, I think he can genuinely replicate what he did early last year because he's always been a highly, highly talented player. So I reckon he's a great get if he's starting up a keeper league because he'll be one who might just drop down some people's ranks just because of the the diminished average a bit um, and people may not be quite switched on that forwards are pretty slim this year but he's what I'm liking to take if in the start up because of that kind of two year buffer of four status and it's unordered upward, upward from there
1: i think the classic hype around gresh actually hurts like there's a little bit of hype around gresh from coming he's been back price. Yeah. yeah um i think that'll hurt him being that sleeper kind of like option in your, in your startups and stuff but I really like him long term. I'm just so concerned mm. with um with Achilles injuries. Like, how long does it take of, to
0: come back from? Like, had one last year. and he was nothing when he came back. Oh he well, he
1: but Gresham's like snapped. out yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a man. year. That's a twelve month injury, and yeah. so he's obviously. They've already said that they're going to ease him back. So, for this year alone, I reckon, like you said, they're going to ease him back into a Yeah. long-term... I, I was so big on Gresham back in the day. He's, yeah. He, to me, and I've said it on multiple pods, including the pod pod tonight, but he reminds me of a, a Zorko-type talent in terms of Zorko's just that small midfielder that can just he's such a nightmare for the opposition because you can't get a body on him and he just you know weasels around you and, can, and he's such a good clearance player. So mm. long-term, the Saints are so big on Gresh, but it's, yeah. I just want to see how he comes back from
0: this injury. Yeah, so he's a player that you go after in keeper leagues as a forward, knowing that he's not going to probably score as well this year, but that when he goes back into that midfield, he's yeah. going to be a pretty He's only 24. Scoring. Feels like yeah. he's been around a lot longer than that. So you're still going to get five, six great years out of him. Cool. Um, Gresh is a tick. Let's tick, move on. Tick, tick. Brad Hill is the next guy I want to talk about. I think we actually had a few questions in the chat about Brad Hill as well. Just wondering whether he will, um, this one is from, can't actually read the screen up there. Matt Roach, yeah, will Matt Brad Roche. Hill's scoring improve this season, especially now with Coffield's
1: injury? So that's well, something you're you about f- to
0: find you out? You could factor that in there, Case. Uh, I have, but actually I'm not even that interested with him taking Nick Coffield's Or I've got a few guys I want to talk nah, about neither. in that yeah. aspect, but He's gone from pure mid to pure back um, just off the back of a few games last year. Now, fair to say he hasn't necessarily set the world on fire since crossing over to the Saints, especially fantasy-wise. But I reckon as a defender, he becomes quite relevant again. Uh, Average 71.2 last year. um, And on that number, he's just outside the top 50 defenders um, for last year. So he's still around the mark, um, obviously, as a mid-only Basically untouchable. Uh, getting defender status makes him very much in the frame for for coaches. If you look back in 2019, he played 2020. Uh, sorry, he played 22 games and averaged 88.7. And is it kind of crazy to think that he could get back to that one day at the Saints? Look, he didn't miss a game last year. Uh, managed to pick up three tons. Uh, he did have a few stinkers. Had four games under 50. Including a six disposal twenty four point game against North yep. of like eighty five percent time on ground or something, which is filthy. But um look, I've got him on the wing in my Saints best twenty two. We know he's a great outside player and the Saints play a lot of games at Marvel, so that probably plays into his um you know, abilities, just you know, nice shut roof can get it on the outside nice and easily. Now it might be COVID friendly, it might be open. Well <laughs> on the wings it will still be covered up. So okay. just be okay. the middle that would be Yeah. 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 <laughs> um what does it say? But yeah, look, I think maybe now he's a bit more settled in that Saints side, third year at the club, basically a third year breakout uh, again. But uh, could we see some Brad Hill of old is the question. But I'd be more than happy to take a punt him as my D5 because that's what he probably sits at. But he's one who he could probably sneak up to D4, D3 if he gets back to some, you know, old school Frio numbers. Sorry, can I just make this clear? Does third year breakouts, like they start again <laughs> like when you go to a new club, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Just yeah. just, just fact related. Uh Brad Hill. I don't know. I feel like if we were going to see anything from him, we would like anything of value we would have seen it last season moving into defense. I know you've got him on the wing, listed as a fender. I can't even see him getting that much. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. The, the thing that I liked about him moving,
1: like if you're saying he's moving back on the wing, I'm mm. not as keen. Um, obviously, he did have that history of scoring, but yeah. he averaged 26% of the team's kick-ins after round 14, which I put out a little kind of article a little while ago looking at mm. kicking upside. Mm. So, he basically started taking it from Dougal Howard. Uh, so, Dougal had Dougal basically had was a, most, most, was yeah. a good Kick. crap load of hit- kick-ins, but he only had- three percent in the final three games of the year and and he had a seasonal average of 45 percent whereas kind of Hill was taking that bulk at at the end of the season so it was like yeah basically just i'd be interested in him if he's actually playing a defense so you think Mm. he's going to just move up on the wing in which case i'm probably not that
0: keen because i'll run you through this will lead into the the next two guys so my back six for st kilda are jack sinclair dougal howard tom highmore uh, with Caulfield's injury, I think Ben Patton slides back in there. Your Wilkie, boy ben Patton And Hunter Clark. So Hunter Clark's got to come back into that side too. I doubt that he's going to go into the midfield straight away, is he? Uh, potentially. I hope so. Potentially. I don't yeah, know. They've, got, the they've got so many midfielders yeah. and they've actually yeah. got so many halfback flankers as well. Like yeah. you could even whack in who's missing out in that side. Like, um, you know, not sexy names, but Jaron Geary, you know, Jimmy Webster, um, you know, Josh Battle can play back there. There's plenty of guys who can play. Defense and God, say Josh Battle again. I want Josh Battle. This year. <laughs> well, Everyone wants you Josh Battle. Okay, <laughs> you've been beating Josh Battle for no, a while. Off him. I know you cram. are now. Um, the thing, the thing is with the things with Caulfield. Like he was barely even best twenty two the end of last year. Hef, like that's an absolute fabrication of the truth. He was out of the he, he was out of the side. He got dropped for a good few rounds. He was uh, the sub for a few games. He wasn't in there for a while, it's just and he wasn't he's scoring well. side And he wasn't scoring well it doesn't mean he was not best twenty two. Well, either way, like all right, someone else is just going to come in. Like he was good the year before. But then we saw Sinclair move back there and kind of play the juicy Sinclair role. Sinclair killed him. So uh, yeah. Even Nick Field, does Nick Nick Coffield going out really benefit anyone? Well, give someone a game. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But still, we'll talk about Highmore next, which is so, probably yeah, the guy. Who's gonna take it, is yeah. the guy who I kind of have. As the big winner from Nick Caulfield's injury, so Highmore is 23, 193 centimeters, and that natural intercept defender. When Caulfield was at his best two years ago, he was intercepting a lot because he's uh, he's about 190 or high 180s. So he's that he's that hybrid kind of type player too. So. I had Highmore around the mark for a best twenty-two spot, but I think without Caulfield, he just kind of jumped into in. that Caulfield kind of role? Was dropped twice, omitted twice. He still last played year. sixteen games. Yeah, out of twenty-three or twenty-two. That's, that's, that's not a best, lot of games. That's not best twenty-two for a fair chunk. He of it. finished the. He <laughs> finished. It's he finished the year. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm saying that's a fair chunk of the game, that fair chunk of the season where you're not best twenty-two. It's not really, but anyway, six games is a lot. If he you're, you're supposed to injured for any of them, if you're supposed to, well, I don't think so. Okay, we'll just yeah. double check that before you throw out, no you know, yeah. crazy calls. Sixteen
1: games—that's a lot of games to For play. What, what you he played the year—the year, be-
0: year before—he would have played close to twenty-two and then he can there's 16 games that somebody else is going to be in that role next I'm year I'm just saying that yeah. he's like Nick Caulfield was dropped twice therefore he was on the verge of not being best 22 don't worry about it Doss. he's got a chip <laughs> on his shoulder because he's a Nick Caulfield owner oh, and now sorry. he's bitter and twisted sorry, I think best 22 the guy that plays every week every, every round without getting dropped that's the kind of what I'm looking at I don't know if that works in any football side it does like if you're if you're, if you're first picked or you're actually on the team sheet when you're fit and available you're best 22 You played the last three games Therefore, anyway. his best 22 in okay. <laughs> When that, the season was over. But anyway. Anywho, I'm talking about Tom Highmore. Stop being bitter and <laughs> twisted. So, Tommy Highmore, 12 <laughs> games last year, averaged 61.2. Uh, average around that 14 touch, five marks a game. Now, he had 22 touches and 110 points against the Crows. But in that game, he also had a whopping 13 marks. So, as I was saying before, Caulfield was his best when he was – being able to play that natural interceptor role and had a bit of flair. Jack Sinclair going back there basically ruined that for him. But I like a bit of a two-prong attack to replace what Caulfield can do or the person that could Caulfield be, Hef, is that I think that Tom Highmore can play that intercept marker kind of role really well, Um, but not necessarily that running uh, creative role because I think um, that's Jack Sinclair's from now on in. So going back on that back six, I just think, um, Highmore is that natural third tall interceptor role, and a guy who can average probably that mid seventies this year um, because he's got a bit of flair too. So two games I like in him. the VFL for Tom Highmore, 110 average. So yeah, I can. I don't know. I just don't know if I see anyone benefiting from a fantasy like point of view coming in. But Tom Highmore does have the potential. I think if someone's going to step into Caulfield's role, we play sixteen games at Caulfield. Play. I reckon he's the next one that actually goes in there. I just don't know whether I see it being you know a fantasy fantasy friendly role. That's all. Well, it might help because Ben Patton's also going to play back there and another one who's going to benefit from his injury purely because he's probably now going to work his way in the best 22. Now... I like Ben Patton for listeners uh, who've been around a while. I'm a bit of a fan. I don't know if he's on the bus anymore. I might have dropped him off last year, but um, jeez, I was back to him in nicely. Injured, you yeah. dropped him. So he broke. Brutal. He snapped his leg in half last preseason, man. That's brutal. But wow. he did get did back the bus in the training. All the hospital yeah, all the yeah. Way? Yeah. Just <laughs> kick him out on the side of course ride. <laughs> okay, Of course good. we did. Okay, We made sure he <laughs> good had a private hospital. You know, <laughs> okay, good. Good stay yeah, there. Yeah. Get, we paid for the got, TV. Did you? Got Uber Eats in every day for him. No, no, not think Crappy hot. You know, like jeez. Anyway, move on. Hef, I don't, I'd hate to see how you treat your boys like <laughs> Nick Cofield. Oh, just the way you say he's on the bus after he got injured, I thought that was a bit. Well, yeah, hef, so. You can't have an injured player on your bus. You know, I'd drive him. I'd drive him home, nurse him back to health myself. Poor <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, Nick Cofield no. misses six games and he's been run over twice well, by him. Yeah, he did <laughs> didn't get injured. God help me. I hate to be on your bus or your anyway, station wagon. Move on. But. Um, Back training in August So he's going to be ready To go come round one Now Not the sexiest numbers here He averaged 59.5 In 2019 um, And a BCV 64.5 In 2020 But Was looking really good For a nice 2021 Issue is I think um, His injury Opened up that um, Door for kind of um, Sinclair to go back there And Patton's a bit more Of a lockdown style defender So I kind of have him As a Blake Hardwick Of a few years ago So A guy who can score Pretty well um, Pretty consistent But um, is more um, focused on kind of taking the man as opposed to to free running, kind of attacking defender. Now, um, what am I going to say? Look, I just think that Patton can go in there. He's going to be the guy who plays a yeah that defensive role that every kind of team needs in their defense. So basically,
1: Patton's going to come in, take someone's man, and Highmore's going to score. Correct. <laughs> so Patton's.
0: Patton's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Patton's going to be he's fine. He's off your bus. No, no, Patton's like- This is, This reminds me of K's, um Tim English call last year where Steph and Martin, they're going to basically stand next to each other. Steph and Martin take the ruck taps and then Tim English run around and get the kicks. <laughs> but it did kind of work because <laughs> Tim English didn't take many ruck taps in the end. No, he played it forward like everyone predicted. But anyway. But anyway, I'm happy to back in that Patton's to best 22. I think he's good. As, like I kind don't of have a good consistent pick. So if you just need someone who's a defensive cover, um, I think he can be that kind of 65-ish. I know that's not great, but- um. Just don't write him off. I think they get a two-prong attack. Helps out Tom Highmore. And um, yeah, F can still be bitter and twisted five. about. He's, Sign a, me up. he's a fine filler for your bench. Like you're going to need players like Ben Patton that'll play most weeks and score okay. He's fine. I don't I know he's, why he's, it's a league. my calls so much. It's just <laughs> I think you, the trouble is St. Kilda trying to find good players in there, mate. That's the issue. St. Kilda have a lot of good players. Oh, Why'd you pick some? Nah, no, I was kidding. No, <laughs> Who Saint, would you let let me like me to talk about? Dan Hannanbury? Oh, I don't know. 40 and you know shit. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, move on. Ryan Burns is he good enough to talk about? Yes, this is a good one. This is a good one. Right, so he had an eye-catching year last year. Um, Average sixty-three. He played sixteen games. Is that an acceptable season or not an acceptable season? Half sixteen games. Um, As he wasn't best twenty-two for a lot of them. Is my point. But yes, he got into the best 22 at some stage. Yes. Hey, so some people can be extras up. No, no, no. Anyway, anyway Burns, no, no. do you, got you want me to repeat myself or? He got in know. from round 7 and wasn't dropped since. Yes, so that go. makes him best 22. Yes. Now, his best game of the season came against the Dogs, registered 24 touches, 12 marks and 107 points. Now, it's probably worth noting that Burns averaged around that 15 touch mark last year and the three games that he cracked 70 points, he had over 7 marks in those games. Now, I'm a big fan of Burns, but I can't rely on someone like him of his stature. He's only about 180 centimetres, um, needing big mark games for big scores. So, the other thing is he doesn't actually tackle a lot. He only had four plus tackles on two occasions. So... He just needs to work into that midfield, find a bit more of the footy uh, and then he'd be a bit more reliable. He is trending nicely coming into his third year breakout season and does have that juicy forward status. So I do like to say if you've got that juicy forward status, he's a basically free swing, third year forward status, free swing. Um, But I think he's probably going to be one who will evolve better in 2023 as opposed to 2022. Saints midfield still got a fair bit of um, talent running around it. Um, But yeah, he's one who's still building just, uh, just, Ten, what's it called? Just what's your expectations this year? I think. I know you've got a, a bit of a future. crush on him. Go mate. Oh, yeah. Go,
1: mate. Uh, I mean, the thing is, um, I think it was Louis on the Pod Pod last year. I think. 2020, 2020 was. Yeah. COVID, yeah. He he kind of let me know about him and he was big on him as a as a junior. I think it was fantasy scorer. He's been a kind of scorer like his whole kind of career. Louis actually predicted his debut that week as well. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, he, he was on top it. of it. And I've had a man crush ever since, honestly. he's he's. I love the way he goes about it. The way that he... He has that thirst now. I don't know if the keeper league listeners know much too much about the thirst concept. They might. But they might tell him about it. His desire for the footy, you can just see it in his eyes. Okay, there's a difference between someone that the ball falls in their lap, like an Andy McGrath. You have to kind of you have to make him want the footy. Whereas Ryan Burns, you can see in his eyes, he's just got that thirst. He's drooling for the footy. He wants the Sharon in his hands. He's the desire is just off the charts. And Ryan Burns. Has that. If he's okay.
0: thirsty, shouldn't he be getting more than 15 touches? He's still developing.
1: It's opportunity. So, low time on ground, not getting many centre bounces. At VFL level, 92 average last year. But the thing is that you said about his markings, actually what I really like about him. So, he's not in a role where he can really tackle, which he can, I believe he can do when he gets in there. He, his marking uncontested is where I really like him. So, he actually played that kind of high half forward role where he gets into stoppages. Yeah. And it's kind of like what we saw Caldwell play at the end of last year. I'm really high on Burns this year because I think he'll play that sort of high half forward and and rotate into the centre bounces as
0: well. It's generally a good sign when they're getting that high half forward role because then they that's the way they rotate them into the stoppages yeah. and it's usually a transition into the midfield. So yeah. it's generally a good sign when that happens. Um, yeah, like, I think there's plenty of upside. I know the fantasy scoring probably didn't come last year but yeah, the things I've seen and then there was a few decent games in there. The things I've seen, I, I think there's plenty of potential here for sure. A few decent games. He had two seventies and and 100. There you go. 100 mm. yeah that's good that's a few I'm years just saying, I'm just saying I'm not I like him I'm just not predicting I'm not predicting a 2022 breakout I think he's got one more year of serviceable scoring. also um, I believe it was top three in the time trial which is very gun. important <laughs> guaranteed gun very That'll important alright let's get through this last one um, last player for me is Jack Higgins so pleasing end to 2021 for little Snags he's kind of got back into my sights this year so slowish start to the season uh, he ended up averaging 76 from round 11 onwards which uh, kind of shows me where his floor probably should be had 116 points against the Swans in that infamous Missy Higgins game where he kicked one goal six but he hit the scoreboard seven times which is very important (laughs) but he also collected 23 touches that day so actually starts to find the footy uh, backed it up the week after with 103 against the Crows Um, and from that He's always really struggled with a bad senior, a bad floor, sorry. But after that, he didn't drop below 50, which is probably not too bad considering he kind of plays a weird hybrid half forward kind of role. But. I said it once and I'll say it a million times. I'm actually sure why he went to St. Kilda. I think it was the stupidest decision for his career because he should be a, a much better midfielder or mid-forward. Um, but he's still working his way into the AFL and he's chosen Saints. But he's still only 22. feels like he's been around a long time too. Uh, won the flag and, and stuff like that. But there's plenty of upside, I think. So towards the end of the season, he was playing a lot higher up the ground in that high half-forward role. And I think if that continues this year, uh, it's going to be a lot Better than his sixty nine average probably suggests. Um, will he ever be that pig that people were predicting? No, if you were like he's the next. You know, no, Jack I, wasn't, I was not keen on him at all. Like junior numbers, I was, but as soon as I saw the size of the guy, I'm like, there's no way this guy's playing bolt midfield. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't know what he's going. I don't know what he's going to be in his career. I think he's just going to be a. Half forward flanker, that's yeah, the, that's that's the issue. But or, I think yeah, he's yeah, going to be forward. he's going to get to a point where he's going to have a really nice floor, um, maybe not a massive ceiling, but uh, could be a guy who's, yeah, he's 75, 80 average forward. who have a little run in the guts every week. Um, not someone I'd hold, but someone I'd be keen to, to take a punt on in the draft and a redraft early-ish. I just can't believe last year when, as soon as um
1: Higgins, oh, sorry, as soon as uh, Gresham went down, I was like, yeah, This is the time You know mm. Like we're talking about Smaller players Gresham that sort of pocket rocket Same sort of deal I was like We're finally going to see Higgins play midfield mm. 2% of centre bounces For the year Last mm. year was the year If he was going to play midfield It's so disappointing
0: mm. Yeah I don't know Yeah like Again I think he's just Another one of those Maybe because the forward's A bit more scarce He probably becomes A bit more relevant yeah. So one of, your, one of your Later forward picks F5 Like I'd be happy to have him there If I, if I had to Preferably on the bench But another kind of a Pick that you need to find a Factor in your keep league teams anyway <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough one with St. Kilda's best 22s and stuff. Like, there's a lot of, not similar players, but a lot of guys who are like, they're okay, but they're yeah. not They're not great players and they're not horrible players. They're just, they're okay players. At least he's fun to watch if you're an owner. So that's yeah, one thing that's you true. can factor in. You yeah. can, at least you're not going you to like on every kick watching thing him play. Like like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully he kicks a bicycle kick goal like he did that year and then get around that. Anyways, uh, very tough teams tonight to actually find some gold, but uh, we got through it in the end and hopefully found something for you there. Um, but yeah, if you want to support the podcast and you enjoy listening to it each week, uh, please sign up as a member. We mentioned the ranking spreadsheet that came out this week. That's been going bananas, people have been. Frothing at the bit to get to that. So um, has your player ad- averages, um, you know, averages from last year. Has ages, CBAs, kick-ins, points per minutes time on ground. It's the best ranking spreadsheet you'll find on the internet. Um, we're putting out our ruck rankings tomorrow with a podcast that somehow we managed to talk for half an hour about our top 20 rucks. So um, there's some good insight in there. Um, we've also got the drafty fantasy scores, stately fantasy scores, breakout tracker. Lots of stuff on there as a member. Um, each week we thank uh, our 10 or 10 gold members. Um, we're up to 500 members uh, this week, Bye. by the way. So, over 500. Mm-hmm. So, that is huge. So, thank you to everyone who's signed up. Thank who you. wants to volunteer to read the gold members this week? I can do it. you your got a on case. On your case. Right, yeah, we'll start off with uh, Tonsi Mardisik, uh Crunchy Cron, Stefan Huisinoff, James Elms, Matt Roach, Damien Cla- Clemens, Adam Warney Child, Lorenzo Fokker. Brendan Scanlon and Henry McIntosh, some big names in there. Uh, James Elms, nah, no, nah, Warney. Warnie signing up. That's a that's a that's a big wrap on us. The the goat of fantasy football podcasting is a member of the member yeah. of the Keep League podcast. So if it's what's good for the goose, they say it's good for the gander. Crunchy, is that how you pronounce? It? I wonder if that's a yeah. <laughs> Crunchy, <laughs> yeah, that's a Scandinavian name, yeah, I think. Yeah, true. traditional. Yeah. Anyway, we actually got a uh, podcast review this week on Apple, but before we read that out, uh, that one out, just remember to rate us on Spotify. We're up to four point nine again. I think we've got about forty odd, fifty odd ratings on there now, so we're climbing up again. Someone must have got it back to a respectable number. Yeah, after someone must have given us a last week. Someone must have given it a one <laughs> in there. So yeah, maybe that's just what pumped it up. Uh, but anyway, this is from Kang Daddy. He said these stallions deep dive into the lesser knowns, which has helped me win my keeper leagues and even handy for deeper single Season draft leagues Um, this as uh, sorry just as important is the podcast is their gold membership dirt cheap for a bunch of extra content through the site Um, but to me the best part is the legends you meet and learn off in the Facebook group which is worth the membership price alone Uh, keep up the good work boys jeez how much you pay that 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 person to put that one in there I swear that was just I found that on Apple Podcasts this week week, so yeah great review thank you uh, for that one Kang Daddy let's move on to some listener questions All right, on to the listener questions. Uh, Nicholas Ben asks, how high up the forward rankings should I have Jack Graham? Kase, you wrote an article on him today, so I'm going to throw this one to you. How high? He's a top 10 forward. Top 10? Yep. You were saying top 5 earlier. Yes, Could be yes. top 5. Okay. Look, if he averages, I've got him averaging 90 this year. And based on last year's averages and the people that are available as forwards this year, they would have him as the fourth highest forward. Yep, no, fair enough. That's- I don't think it's that unreasonable. Like Taranto, yeah. Dunk, Duncan, Dunkley, um, Marshall, maybe side bottom around that mark. But I'm picking some big things for, for Jack Grant this year, so I reckon he could be a... Easily top five, if not... Uh, sorry, easily top ten, if not top five. If we you just, can... Ten years on from last year, you could be right. We just talked about the three guys that could potentially
1: take the role and all of them were kind of like, are they ready to go? Whereas Graham's yeah, ready to go. Yeah, the one ready. that's
0: ready to go. Yep. Uh, Dale Paul
1: Travers wants to know, with Port's young brigade starting to get more time in the mids, will Houston go back and just stay a defender? He seems to score
0: better in that role, Hef. So, I think I did some numbers. I should have actually put the actual numbers. But his CBA attendance, the games where he attended CBAs, weren't that high last year. But I did crunch some numbers. So I did an average of game where he actually attended CBAs compared to games where he went without CBAs. So in games with, with CBAs, he averaged 79.8. Okay, Games okay. without CBAs, he averaged 80.2. So he's slightly better without CBAs. There is an outlier in there. There was one injury game where he got some CBAs, injury-affected games. So that bumped him down a little bit, but it would be pretty even still with or without CBAs. Um, average of games with five or more CBAs, He actually averaged 75.2. So in games where he had five or more CBAs, he didn't go very well. But in games where he had 10 or more, he averaged 118.5. This is only two games. So he actually averaged five CBAs uh, per game. Actually, no, that's wrong. That's the Carl Ammons that I looked up from our argument on the uh, members-only podcast the other week. I don't know if it was five. But the thing is, the point is, if he gets 10 or more CBAs, which is full-time mid, he'll go big. He's not going to be very rarely is he full time midfield. He's generally in and out, and I think it kind of messes with his game going in and out of the midfield onto the onto the halfback line. So, I think they'll kind of roll with him as a halfback flanker, but I don't think it's going to affect his scoring too much. He's just going to be your lock and log eighty type defender. I think that's what it is. He's going to be talked about on this podcast for many a year. Yeah, because yeah, I don't, up and around the unsure whether he's B two B four P around that kind of range. We talked somewhere. about him on the defender podcast and we both kind of well, i think we all agreed that he's just like a he's a safe option yeah he's yeah. never gonna set the world on fire but he's never gonna disappoint you yeah and he's just that
1: guy yep cool uh, ninja spoon who benefits in saints defense with nick coffield going down what's your final verdict case um fantasy wise tom heimall yeah i'm with Heimel. all right jakey the mac if you could only keep one dbj or burton or neither they're fighting out for his last keeper spot along with Trent Rivers. His team's looking to push for finals after two down years. Cheers, legends. Dossie, you would go Trent Rivers
0: hands down, wouldn't you, out of those three? Um, based on...
1: Not? Wait, so what did he say? His team's looking to push for
0: finals. DBJ, um, Ryan Burn. or Byrne. That's yeah. what I'd go to. Kick the numbers. way he and the way he finished <laughs> last year. Of course, he run that injury risk, mm. but Port have said they stopped managing him and they're just kind of playing him as it normally would be and just waiting. If he gets injured, he gets injured. But they're just going to play him like as like they run him, you know, tr- condition him the way they run, condition any other player because they reckon everything they do just doesn't work with his injury. So only because I said he's competing. Like Trent Rivers yeah. is the long term option. Burton's end to last year was big as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think Burton. Oh, cool. I thought that's cool. I was going to say Burton, but I thought you guys would be different. But anyway, that's good. Cool. Uh, Takan and Troy,
1: uh, probably butchering names. Like I've I got called out for butchering someone's name the other way. But uh, which young midfielders improves the most for Richmond? So I've had the go,
0: but what do you guys think? Yeah, like we're not including Jack. We're not including Jack Graham. So it has to be one of those young ones. Um, I think Jack Ross, yeah. So it's probably just Jack, out of Jack Ross,
1: RCD and Thompson Dow, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Jack Ross to me. I think Liam Baker's a crazy sneaky to... Just be injected I'd love, in there. I'd love it if he is, if it's I like, just, they, you know, Dimmer could throw up something. Can I reckon he's just that one who's just a little bit left field who could- Yeah,
1: you know? so that, say in your best 22, they put Sydney Stack on a halfback flank
0: yeah. and he slots in the guts. Is that your smooth ball call there, Kaz? Your manscaped smooth ball call? Quite possibly. Okay. My smooth ball call can be, or yeah. Not. Liam oh, Baker okay. gets more midfield time in 2022. There we go. There
1: we go. <laughs> At Nick McClay. Nick McGawley. <laughs> McGawley. Sorry,
0: Sorry, Nick. <laughs> uh, what averages can we expect from Riley Bonner and Jack Bittell? Um, I think Bonner is just going to be a 70 guy. Like, I don't expect too much more. There was a bit of play on the wing for him last year. Then did a, I think he did a hamstring really. Early. Was it was a calf or something. Um, and he put out some okay numbers, but- when he's best twenty two, he'll be mid seventies. If he has like a everything goes to plan for him, he may average an eighty one day. But I just see a mid seventies average for him. Um, Bytel I think improves a little bit this year, but I probably wouldn't see much more than a seventy next season either. What do you guys reckon? Twenty four average in the fell for Buitel yeah, off his two games. Big one. I don't well, know. He maybe plays. Could. Yeah. Does yeah. The thing is, like, playing's all right. You, know, you can say not best 22, but there'll be times when there's injuries and stuff where you could get opportunities. So when he does play, do you think he Dunstan, can translate that to AFL level? The thing is,
1: he probably was competing most for a spot with um, Dunstan. That's That was my he thinking, played 13 yeah. 13 games it's last t- year, t- which is almost a Nick Caulfield
0: year. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, he was the high So would you say he he's best 22 player? No. Yeah, exactly. You That's need my to point. play 16 <laughs> to be best 22. <laughs> That's the line, <laughs> isn't
1: it? He's actually a really strong tackler. I'm actually... Gee, I might
0: have to change my ranks a bit here for Bytel. One, two three four five he had five games under 40% time on ground so sub a lot yeah so Dunson gone hello Bytel maybe yeah I can see him improving I just don't know I don't know how much it's too hard to tell it's hard to do best 22 for Saint Kilda because there's a lot of guys you could throw in absolutely you know I think I've got burns over them you still gotta play your boring you still gotta play your boring kind of defender guys Mm. it's hard all right Let's move on. Last one. Um, at Woody J64 have joined a startup dynasty league, twelve teams, forty-five in squad, thirty-five to forty keepers. Where do you draft start uh, where do you start picking the new draftees? Dacos, Horn Francis, etc. Kays, what's your philosophy on this? Um, don't even think about trying to rank them into something like that because someone's gonna go earlier than you expect them exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Like in the perfect world. Um, if you were doing something like that, they'd probably be maybe round 10, round 12. Yeah. Because like- I'd go later to be honest. Yeah. Like, but that's being bullish on them, right? But someone's going to take them round two or round four or someone's going to be like, nah, I'm going to have the next big thing. Doss, will have them. Absolutely. Horn front. No, sorry. Hugo Hagen, sorry, was the the guy you took first round, was it last (laughs) year? But even if you look at someone, but then you go like, and it's, it's, it's really hard because if you say three years ago, we you, the question would have been the exact same thing with Matt Rau. yeah. And you go, where would you take Matt Rau? And everyone would be like, oh, he's the next best thing. He's the greatest thing When ever. I was doing the Traders podcast, they were asking me first round, second round. I'm like, uh, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah, But it's quite easy to see how um, quickly things can change. Like, yes, he's a mate. He's probably going to be a great player, but yeah. he hasn't played footy for two years. So exactly. you've taken a guy ahead of probably Jack Steele, ahead of you know all these other guys who are now killing it. And he hasn't played for footy for two years. So The yeah. thing that
1: I go off, which I did in my ranks, is like when you're doing, say, your midfield ranks using your beautiful spreadsheet here, Hef, um, I just put the guys that, you know, you're, you're super comfortable that are going to be guns for the next, you know, two to three years at least. And this is like your... Just you set and forget guns in the midfield. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you lack... Slight bit of confidence with the next pick. That's where you slot in this next gun that could be the next Sam Walsh type thing, like a Dacos. Like, you just put them in your ranks where you're like, Ugh, could I really draft this guy as my Uber premium? That's what I'd just be like, yeah. Yeah. Dacos. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I, um... I don't know. I find it way easier to project what's going to happen this year as opposed to in three years' time. And I know it's a keeper league, but so that's why I'll project, all right, I can see I can see someone like Dacos maybe in, a, in, in Horn, France is maybe averaging 80 this year. So I'd rather just go with someone more established later on. Look, look, if they're there in like here when you're rounding out your team, you can pick them as like an M6 or an M7, then yeah, take them there. But they're, never, never, they're never, ever going to be there. So that's the ideal place for them for me. And so I just let them go. I just don't bother with them he's trying to find that 115 that next 120 average yeah you'll get it in five years time and you'll you know you finish bottom I'll get 100 it. times between I'll get it like, so, I'll get it one year and you'll, you'll be picking them every year and waiting the for the next one but anyway that's the uh, that's the end of the podcast an absolute monster pod uh, tonight uh, yeah so it went on for a bit but that's the quality of content and uh, the depth we go into each week so get around us on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook Instagram Twitter and YouTube also on TikTok as well and um, Get around Manscaped as well Thanks to them For uh, sponsoring the show If you support our sponsors You support us So make sure you use Keeper20 at manscaped.com And get around All those great products Especially that Baldi and, and Toner uh, Quality stuff there Anyway uh, Loving anything? the shirt tonight too man. Yeah I've got the Manscaped shirt on For those uh, Not watching the stream as well Anyway uh, Any last words From you like he's cutting you the too, guys? Up a bit too no. Yeah. Regulation size. Same size as yours case. Oh, he did order the he did order the little <laughs> size down. Yeah. Extra, and extra small. yeah. <laughs> no. It's, it's it's a medium. Same as yours case. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up there. It's getting silly now. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you later. See ya. Bye.